Raptors, or birds of prey, fascinate many people, whether because of symbolism or beauty or something else. They certainly captured the attention of our guest today. Keith Bildstein is the author of Raptors, The Curious Nature of Diurnal Birds of Prey. He is also Sarkis Acopian Director of Conservation at Hawk Mountain Sanctuary in Pennsylvania. Welcome, Keith. Thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. So, uh... Tell us, I, I feel like I'm seeing, reading about raptors, birds of prey a lot in the uh, mainstream media at the moment. Is there any reason for that in particular? Well, uh, there probably are several. Uh, first of all, they're fierce predators, so they garner a lot of support, or if not support, at least inquiry on the part of people about how they go about their daily lives. Um, they've played a huge role in... Um, biodiversity conservation as um, inter, uh, as environmental sentinels, so the uh, declines in peregrine falcons both here in North America and in, the, uh, in Western Europe in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s were the prelude to the uh, improved way that we, we dealt with uh, organochlorine pesticides on agricultural landscapes. And they've come back. They're survivors. So right now, we are feeling the ecological impact of raptors in ways that very few people alive today have been feeling that impact because the populations today, especially in North America, but also in Western Europe, more closely resemble their populations um, 100, 150 years ago. This is really quite a success story, then. This is something that, uh, you know, in some ways we don't maybe always get a lot of positive information or news um, about environmental things, and this seems much more like a success. It's, a, it's an overwhelming success. Uh, these birds have gone to being what I would call boutique predators. Their populations were so low that they were having little, if any, ecological impact on the environments they inhabited, to being the fierce predators that um, we were always told they were um, 150 years ago. Yes, so they, they have come back, and it's a, it's a classic case of how we can be successful if we look at conservation problems um, with the dose of, uh, of science. I, I love that term, boutique pre- predators. That's, uh, that sort of has all these wonderful uh, you know, images cropping up in your mind. But that, that fierceness that you talk about, do you think that in, and maybe our, our interest in these birds beyond, say, you know, the common starling or something, is it almost uh, intrinsically linked into a national patriotism thing with the symbology of, of raptors that is tied into this country? I, I, think, I think that's part of it. it um, and part of it may be that they are somewhat go-it-alone birds who persevere in the face of adversity, in the, in the case of the organochlorine adversity, but also that they are uh, rulers, or at least perceived to be rulers of the worlds that they inhabit. 
So there, there, what you're sort of saying here is that um, as a, you know, you call them sentinels with the peregrine falcons and other uh, issues, other birds with biodiversity. Is this, well, why are, but should I call them birds of prey or should I call them raptors, first of all? You can call them either birds of prey or, or, or raptors. Those, those terms are interchangeable, although the term birds of prey would suggest that they are always predators. And, of course, included among the raptors are 22 species of vultures. Oh, right. Which are not actually predatory so much as um, ancestrally linked. And, of course, they're feeding on carcasses rather than on living prey. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll go with raptors then. So um, why are raptors so important to our ecosystem? Or, or indeed, are they, I guess? Well, they, as ecological scented, scent, sentinels, they serve a purpose because they're at the top of the food chain. So they wind up accumulating uh, and distilling all of the good, but also all of the bad things that they that they encounter. So if, if they're having trouble physiologically dealing with uh, toxicants in the environment, they often signal to us the presence of those toxicants, whether they happen to be uh, organochlorine pesticides like DDT was uh, 50 years ago, or whether they happen to be lead, which is uh, of concern right now as a toxicant um, for uh, many birds of prey, and they're signaling us to the landscape of, of lead contamination that occurs throughout the world. So they're in many ways a, a canary, like down the mines, but much much more impressive. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They serve the same purpose as canaries were serving when miners were taking them into into coal mines in the in the eighteen hundreds and the nineteen hundreds. Hmm. <clears throat> so your book is entitled Raptors, and then the subtitle is. Um, the curious nature of diurnal birds of prey. I'm curious as to what is curious about their nature. Well, these birds are far more flexible and different from one another than I would have ever imagined when I entered the field of, of studies. Uh, there are 333 species or thereabouts of raptors. They range in size from tiny little falconets that weigh a tenth of a pound, uh, a couple of ounces, all the way up to large um, predatory eagles that sometimes tip the scale at greater than, than 20 pounds. And as a result of the, the differences in size and the differences in locations that these birds are found, they're found on six continents around the world, the only continent that does not have raptors currently or in the fossil record is Antarctica. Um, they have figured out, so to speak, adapted to uh, lifestyles that are very different. So what we think of as the, the average predatory bird is probably not representative of the uh, diversity. It isn't representative of all of the diversity of, of raptures that we find. So my curiosity has been sustained in my studies of these birds for more than half a century. Every time I think I know a lot about them, something happens, something comes out in either the work that we're doing or the work that my colleagues are doing that indicates that we haven't even come close to understanding um, what factors are important to these birds. 
Well, you just piqued my curiosity. 333 species? That's I, I had no idea. <laughs> um, you mentioned that you've been studying these birds now for, for quite some time. How did you get into this? Uh, rather interestingly, my father was a, uh, a fancier of racing pigeons, and he had interactions on almost a weekly basis with a local cooper's hawk, which is a uh, bird hunting uh, raptor, weighs about uh, maybe a pound and a half, and um, includes homing pigeons uh, in its diet. So he would be constantly extracting these cooper's hawks who, who were visiting uh, his uh, pigeon loft and releasing them. My, my father was a kind-hearted soul, so he could bring it and bring himself to the point of um, eliminating these predators on his birds. He was he was just releasing them. And I remember promising him as a as a nine year old that I was going to figure out how we could protect his homing pigeons uh, from Cooper's hawk. I love that uh, I love that story. That's just you know that you kind of um well, you've, you've ended up doing what you promised, which I, well, maybe not directly in that sense, but uh, getting into the, into the study of them. Yes, exactly. I haven't solved that problem for, uh, for uh, pigeon fanciers, but I've learned a heck of a lot about these birds along the way. So what, what's your favorite raptor, if, if, is, if that's even possible to answer? Well, it's... It, Ten years ago, I would have told you that it was the uh, uh, what in Britain they would call a hen harrier, and what in the United States we call a northern harrier, uh, ground nesting species. The males weigh a little less than a pound, the females a little bit more than a pound, and they're elegant um, flyers. They feed mainly on on mice and other small rodents. But if you ask me today, I would have to say that it's the striated caracara a bird that I encountered, first encountered in 2006. Uh, its principal um, um, stronghold is the Falkland Islands off the coast of, uh, of South America. And they are, in and of themselves, uh, what I would call a pathologically curious bird. They, they can't seem to um, be inquisitive enough about uh, humans and other entities. Landscape. Does the striated caracara feature in the book? It certainly does. Excellent. And now, not only are they my favorite bird, but there are, because we have managed to put over 1,200 color marked bands on these birds so we can recognize them as individuals, I not uh, only have a favorite species, I have about a half a dozen favorite individuals within that species whose behavior we've been following for the last eight years. Wonderful. Well, Keith, I hope that you remain pathologically curious about these birds, and um, I really appreciate you chatting to us today. Yeah, I'd love to talk about raptors, and, and the book gives me an opportunity um, to address uh, at least partial answers, if not complete answers, to many of the questions that I've encountered um, while working here at Hawk Mountain Sanctuary from our visitors. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you again, um, and we'll talk soon. Okay, very good, Martin. Great talking with you. Bye-bye. That was Keith Bildstein, author of Raptors, The Curious Nature of Diurnal Birds of Prey. Raptors is available now from wherever you like to buy your books.
If you'd like to save 30% uh, off the price of the book, visit cornellpress.cornell.edu and enter code 09POD. You've been listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press podcast. Mm-hmm.